Welcome, Farriers. Thanks for tuning in to the Lockdown Farriers Learning Podcast. Your Farrier learning resource where we discuss topics and people's experience in an informal and relaxed way, all in one podcast. Obviously, don't miss out on future podcasts by subscribing either on iTunes or Spotify. And also, don't forget the video content on the Flashman Forges YouTube channel. Subscribe to that. Don't miss out on any new videos. So in this episode, we've got Mark Watson, Dean Bland, friends and colleagues of mine, um, where the topic of discussion is going to be self-development, obviously an important behaviour for all us farriers. Right, so today we're we're going to discuss self-development. Obviously, self-development is obviously a important behavior or professional behavior all farriers should have um, moving forward throughout our career. Uh, one of the big importance of self-development is of, with the new farrier trailblazer standard, uh, behaviors and professional behaviors are now being taught and assessed. One of them is self-development. So obviously we've got Mark Watson, Dean Bland, and we're just going to discuss what we think um, is meant by self-development and how we've used it in our careers to further ourselves um, as far as shoeing horses. So, Dean, what's your view on self-development? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when um, when I think about kind of self-development um, in relation to Ferrari, I suppose. Um, the way I'm looking at it is that it's about how we can as farriers take responsibility for um, developing the knowledge, skills and behaviours that we need to undertake our kind of professional roles. And um, I mean, that sounds quite, uh, I suppose, uh, conscious and formal and it it can be, I think it can be kind of a conscious, deliberate uh, process that is attached to some sort of formal training program. But I think one of the things about us as farriers is generally we have a, you know, a real love and interest in the, in the work that we're doing. And so a lot of this kind of self-development that we are involved with is just kind of um, happens quite kind of organically as we explore our own particular areas of interest. Anything you want to say, Mark? Yeah, sure. I mean, um, as, as Dean says, self-development by its very nature is the process of taking steps or actively engaging in, uh, in bettering yourself, you know, and it's a two-pronged attack when we talk about Fariri, um, specifically uh, the, the theoretical or what used to be called the theoretical side, now the knowledge side, um, and also the practical side as well. But the two are, you know, um, intertwined. Um, they, are, they, they come with each other. Um, and it's it's just about uh, learning new skills um, and uh, enhancing existing skills, but also um, overcoming bad habits um, because we all get into bad habits, uh, whether we're uh, sort of apprentices or or having shot horses for thirty five years, and we all get into these little habits um, which aren't necessarily that good uh, for whatever reason. So I think overcoming bad habits is also a key point about. Um, our individual self-development. Yeah, um, totally, totally agree with both of you there. Um, obviously, I did con- con- <laughs> I did consult with um, Wikipedia earlier and uh, typed in self-development and their definition of self-development was uh, when we grow and or improve our abilities and our qualities, which pretty much sums sums up what you've both just yeah. said. Uh, referring back to the new uh, Farrery standard with the new Trailblazer training system in the United Kingdom, um, its definition there really was a willingness to learn and contribute to their own continuing professional development in line with the Farrier's Registration Council's Code of Contact. Um, for those listening mm. who are not 
obviously UK registered farriers, uh, something which was brought into the farriers registration council's um, remit a few years ago, uh, I think from 2016, um, ATFs, which are the approved training farriers and the uh, newly qualified people from 2016 must collate at least 10 CPD points a year and register them with the Farriers Registration Council. Um, so again, part of the new training standard and what us at the college where me and Dean work have to kind of instill into the last um, two intakes of Farriers and those coming up behind them are um, is the self-development and what they must do to continue on through their careers. Hmm. Yeah, um, I think um, the, the, the phrase self-development, um, obviously the, the development side of it is you can either, you, you add, you know, if you're undergoing training, for example, then you get, um, you get lessons or, or demonstrations or guidance, you know, um, throughout that time. But the self part of the self-development is actually actively, you know, going out and, and seeking um, guidance, whether it's from other people or, or literature or podcasts or, you know, anything at all. YouTube's an amazing tool. You can, you can learn how to just, just about make any type of shoe you want these days. And that, for me, is the, the self side of it. Self-development is actually going out and sort of finding that stuff. It's out there somewhere. Yeah, it was one or two really good um, YouTube channels that I've got to say, Mark. Um, some of them actually yeah, filmed in yeah. your forge, actually. But <laughs> um, but just to harp back on, what, while we're talking about um, what is self-development, just to harp back on to when you was on about bad habits earlier. Um, and, mm, and I yeah, do think yeah. certainly once you do qualify, I mean, you know, we often say passing your diploma is a bit like learning to drive. You don't really learn to drive yeah. until you pass your driving test and you go it alone. Yeah. Um, and exactly. many, many of Farriers have referred to that over the years. Um, and I think bad habits, I mean, we've all been there. We've all been newly qualified. Mm -hmm. We've all started, mm -hmm. I don't want to say playing the numbers game, but certainly shooting more horses. And, you know, for, for yeah. our corners, what people feel that they can cut um, to try and get the job done quicker. Um, and it, I've, I've, a lot of people do learn the hard way, but that's not necessarily the way forward. And, you know, it's stopping bad habits from happening. And that's one, um, cause you know, we do become complacent. Um, and it's, yeah. it's one of those jobs where, you know, it's very easy to go backwards. Um, you know, but you've got to put the effort in to go forward. Um, yeah. uh, and again, it's, it, it, everything in this job is progressive. It's, it, a, lot, a lot of um, Farry is sort of experiential learning. You know, the more, more you experience, the, the better you should, by rights, get at it. So, um, um, so Dean, would you like to talk about some, of, some examples of self-development and how it's furthered you in your career or helped you or stuff yes. <laughs> yeah so um i suppose um when i you know as you rightly say I, when i first uh, first qualified um i realized just you know how much more i had to kind of learn and i was kind of coming across um challenges that i, I felt like i needed support with so what i kind of did is I, I went out and found myself mentors and in particular i suppose andrew Poynton has been kind of a mentor for me um, throughout my kind of uh, career, really, as a, as a farrier. Um, but I went out and found people I felt that, that could help me and support me and, and point me in the right, right direction. And, and that's been a, it's been a kind of massive thing, really, because it's allowed me to kind of keep moving forward and, and address some of those challenges that I was kind of meeting early doors in my, in my kind of uh, career. Mark. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, sorry. I was, I was waiting to be. I was waiting to be introduced there. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, probably the the biggest piece of um, advice that I would give to a younger person or somebody embarking on uh, a particular path is is that word mentors or other people. Yeah. Um, 
only last week, um, I had an apprentice come and work for me for a day, and I saw something that I'd never seen before. You know, and I've been shooting horses for 35 years, and I think he's been shooting them for, for five years. But you learn so much from other people, either by watching them or just talking to them in the van uh, when we're going around. Um, so, yeah, absolutely a, a, an essential key part of self-development. And there's no reason why anybody can't do this. Um, I think most farriers that I know would happily um, spend a day working with, with someone else and then have that person, you know, in return um, a, a few weeks later. And it's so, it's so easy to do. Um, so, you know, it, it, it's such an important thing, I think, um, is, to, uh, is to engage with somebody else. And probably more, as many people as you, I still, I still, um, after 35 years, go and work with other people regularly. Um, I've got two in particular that I'm working with at the moment. I swap around as well. You know, I don't keep to the same people. I think I don't think that's necessarily a, a good thing. Um, but um, but yeah, practicing obviously self development. Keep practicing uh, and repetition of your existing skills. And uh, but you know the the key thing for me is is working with others. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure to do it, and you gain everyone. Everyone's a winner. Everyone gains something from it. Um, yeah, I mean, myself, I mean, obviously, <laughs> me and Mark, obviously, trained, trained yeah. together in the army. Um, and, you know, being in the army is, is a quite, it's, I don't want to say a privileged position, mm. but it's certainly, we, we did the early part of yeah. our career surrounded, working every single day with lots of farriers. And being in the army, you get to move around to different places. You get to work with people you don't work with every day. You know, at the time, you don't really kind of see it for what it is. But I know when I look back at certainly the first 10 or 14 years of my career and just the amount of people I got to work with, you know, some great, some not so great. But I mean, just yeah. you, you can learn just little tiny things of so many people. And I suppose we've now working with Dean at the college, you know, coming into contact with lots of different apprentices every single week who work for different bosses. have got lots of different ideas on how things should be done. I learn even off apprentices. I learn so many silly little things that I never even realized was a thing. And, you know, it's just, and I think, you know, certainly I feel that I'm in a privileged position again, where I, yeah. you know, I'm just constantly a having to keep on top of my game because of my position as a lecturer, but certainly actually what I'm inputting from the students is just, is phenomenal. And I don't, you know, you, you can't get that kind of training um, out there, you know, yeah. it's, yeah, I, I think the time in thinking back now, you've said that. I, I think the time in my career where I really did start to improve, certainly practical skills, in fact theory as well, but more so practical, is um, is when I was no longer the junior person. Because as the junior person, um, you're always always receiving information, and you're never actually you know giving information out. So when you get apprentices or or younger people, you know come come underneath you, um, then it's your turn to to pass on knowledge. And if you're going to give a demonstration, then it, it gives you the motivation um, to, uh, to, to make sure nobody wants to give a rubbish demonstration. You know, some people do give rubbish, <laughs> but nobody wants to give a rubbish demonstration. You know, and that, that alone gives you the motivation to make sure that what you're about to demonstrate, it's going to work and it's going to look good. Yeah. And, and again, <laughs> Going back to that same sort of kind of um, vibe there, I mean, I can remember myself as an apprentice, obviously posted to the Army School of Farry, and our boss at the time, um, the great Ivan Bell, he he put me in that position. I think he could see that I could shoemake, and I was all right at shoemaking, but I didn't know what I was doing. I could do it. Yeah. yeah. But so he threw me... Straight in at the deep end, um, we used to have a few civilian AWCF pre preparation courses coming up. And, you know, I was chucked in at the deep end, showing them how to make bar shoes and stuff as an apprentice uh, whilst they came up 
and um, mm-hmm. for, for training and stuff. And that kind of put me in a position, like you said, where no one wants to give a bad demo. So I best, rather than just say, well, you just do it that way, you, you best find out why you do it that way. So, yeah. but again, I, and here, here's um, another one, more aimed for apprentices, but certainly those people aiming to do higher exams when it comes to the theory, um, which something you could talk about because I know you've got experiences with that, Mark, but certainly with myself, um, having, you know, academically not doing very well at school, having diagnosed learning difficulties and stuff. I remember um, it got to the point just before my diploma, about six months before my diploma, the boss asking me questions and completely throwing his toys out of the pram um, because I just didn't know theory stuff. I, I think I, I could recite the first eight pages of Hickman's, but nothing else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, and it, I think he, in the end, I mean, I, I don't think I'd ever used the frame, uh, the phrase learning difficulties or dyslexia in my life until the day he turned around and completely threw his toys out of the pram and said, are you just thick? Or have you got some kind of problem? And I turned around and went, well, yeah, I've got dyslexia. Of which, I mean, I, I didn't think there would be any help or any reason to mention it. But yeah, so he then sent me off down to the local adult education unit at the um, local college where me and someone else, another one of the um, apprentices at the time, used to spend every Thursday afternoon um, in the adult education center learning to do exam technique revision technique all that stuff which we never learned at school but actually that was a massive fundamental change which really affected my career and that was you know again self-development you know going going and getting that sort of um new skill set to boost my farrier skill set if that makes any sense yep so yeah yeah, you know, uh, do you, Mark? Do you want to talk a little bit about your first experience when you did your associate the first time in the army? Yeah, sure. So um, when I did my associate um, in the army, you go, you go up for a, a three and a half month course. Um, so it's pretty. It, it's quite a lot different to the uh, civilian system. Um, and I was on my own. I was on the course on my own. In fact, no, I was with uh, somebody else to start with. Um, and we sort of, um, you know, all our daily lives are just all centred around this two and a half hours at the end of the three and a half months um, written exam and then the two hour practical exam. So I think the key thing with any, it doesn't matter what system you're in, whether it's the army or civilian, the key thing to any training towards any exam, which a lot of people that are listening to this will be um, in the process of, whether it's diploma or associate or fellowship, is to know exactly uh, what you're training for. So that is know the syllabus. And if it's a wishful company of barriers exam, then they're all available um, online and anybody can look at them. Um, so my first sort of point really to, um, to, to people that I have um, training or helping with training is to know the syllabus. You need to know what you're training for. It's fundamental. It's the very first thing that we should all understand uh, when we're heading towards any examination. But my uh, associate examination, um, I was sort of uh, with, with somebody else. So we bounced off each other, which was great. Again, if you can get a partner, um, absolutely do it. Or somebody that you're, you're close, with, close with, whether it's geographically close or, or, or in sort of personality and you get on with somebody particularly well, these days, I mean, you know, you, you've only got to get on the iPad and you can, you can see somebody in their own home. It's amazing. Um, so, yeah, discussion with other people. Again, Dean, Dean mentioned mentors earlier on. Yeah, if you've got a mentor or somebody you, you, um, um, you trust, you know, to, to steer you in the right direction, absolutely do that. But for me, um, somebody of a peer of the same level, absolutely essential to 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 um to hook up with somebody or or three or four people you know um 
I know that um, I've trained lots of people for the for the associate examination, and um, I think that the most successful people, without a doubt, are the ones that have um, formulated these these little groups of say three, four, five people, and they 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 each motivate themselves. If they make a shoe a week, for example, um, no one wants to be um, the the one that that makes the rubbish shoe, and you know same as exam questions, things like that, you know. It, it, you motivate each other and motivation is a big a big thing with self-development you've got to be motivated enough to do it and sometimes the end goal you know we all sort of wane every now and then and our motivation sort of dips but if you're in a group with people other people um, who are all heading for the same thing again it's the it's the comp the competition element um is heightened and again nobody wants to be last in the uh, in the posting of the picture of the shoe or, or or the answering of the exam question or whatever it is and mark each other's mark each other's exam questions if that's what you're training for uh, an examination then then you know, look at each other's work absolutely essential i would say is either mentors or hook up with other people um, who are training for the for the same examination mm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, obviously the next podcast I'm going to do, and I've got two speakers already lined up to do it, and um, should be yeah. doing it in the next couple of days. Um, we're going to be talking about exam technique and um, revision, um, certainly going towards the um, diploma exam and the associate exam. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, so that's like next podcast. So moving on, <clears throat> obviously we've got two types of farriers here. We've got farriers who are in training. So obviously not qualified yet. And we've got the, uh, the qualified farrier moving on through their career. You know, some, some people shoot horses for five years and go and do something else. But majority of us, it's, it's a, it's a lifelong career until we retire. So how can, you know, how can these farriers obviously utilize self-development? A, for farriers in training and b for those qualified guys moving forward into their careers dean yeah i mean um i suppose picking up with um what mark uh, talked about there kind of how you go about um setting out the training that you're going to undertake um you know as as mark kind of rightly pointed out kind of the, one of the first things you really need to know is is you need to know that end point you need to know um the syllabus so i kind of think go um setting out on a, on a training um a training program is a little bit like going on a journey and the kind of the two things you need to start off with is your kind of your start point where you are now and your end point um and that's what you ultimately need to be able to know and and do and then once you've got those two kind of points a bit like you know when you put those uh, details into a sat nav you can then kind of work out the route about how you're going to get from A to B. So one of the things that we do at um, Hereford is, is we um, give the students what we call like a, a rag rated checklist, revision checklist, and they can use that to identify firstly what they need to know because that long list is everything that they need to know. And then um, they can use the rag rating in order to identify how well they know something at the beginning and by using that rag rated checklist they can get the kind of start and the end point and then work out by using a revision planner work out how they're going to kind of get there so um i think you know as mark rightly said you know a, a good place to start to find that end point is is that syllabus and um you know as mark rightly says it's there on the wasteful company of farrier's website and for those that are currently in their first year, the first year apprentices, they can look towards um, the Institute of Apprenticeships website and they can find a copy there of the, um, the syllabus for the new Farrier standard and also a breakdown of um, how they're going to be assessed against that syllabus within the four different um, endpoint assessments that they're going to take. So that's a really kind of helpful kind of um, starting point to get that end point and then um and then you need to identify what you what you know now and, and part of the way in which we kind of do that i think is um is being able to kind of reflect 
upon where we are right now and and kind of picking up what mark was talking about there if you're if you've got a mentor or if you're working as part of a group of three or four other farriers kind of working towards the same thing those relationships that you've developed they can help you identify where the kind of i suppose the gaps or the development points are within your own um training program so you can kind of work on those specific elements because it, it can be really difficult to identify your own gaps to be kind of self-critical either we tend to be wildly optimistic or, or kind of really negative about ourselves but if if you get kind of somebody else um to look at what you're doing and ask you questions it can be really helpful to identify that kind of start point within your journey yeah i mean i, I going well referring back to a bit what mark was on about with um you know talking about apprentices and farriers in training um about studying with other people i mean i mean dean you you know where we've had different i mean it's almost like every group we have come through to college have got their own character within mm. the group and you some of the some of the more tighter group where the the the, the people within the group obviously get on well and they you know they work very hard together no doubt when they finish college and go home at night they play quite hard as well i don't know <laughs> but you know those are the the groups which probably go into that exam with more of a chance of passing than you, you yeah. we have some groups which are quite disjointed and you know maybe they just don't get on i don't know but there's there's definitely those tighter groups um seem to be in a better place going for the exam because and like you can see within each group you'll have 50 percent of them who are good at the theory not so good at the practical or certainly not as strong at the practical and vice versa and when they work together they up themselves onto a good a good standard um yeah um so obviously farriers in, in in training um you know they work they're working for an atf the atf's guiding them through that they come to college we've got the syllabus we've got timetables we guide them through that so their development yes there is always the extra they can do some don't do the extra some do some go to clinics some go to the pre-diploma days um and some go out and compete um you know i've always said to all the apprentices i've ever taught come through college you know the only the only thing out there to get them ready for the pressure of the diploma practical day is to go out there and compete go put yourself under the yeah. clock in front of strange people um be made to feel uncomfortable because you're working on a strange anvil with a strange forge, maybe making a shoe you've not actually made before. You know, it, it's just that whole kind of baptism of fire, if you like. And the more you can do that, the easier the stress of practical day will go. Um, mm. Some go and do it, some don't. Um, but again, personal choice. Um, I do just like to talk about a little bit um certainly for training farriers and also farriers going on throughout their career how shoeing or farrier competitions can be seen for self-development they're not the be all and end all and i know there's a lot of farriers have never been to a shoeing contest or farrier competition in their life does it you know it's not necessarily a great reflection of someone's everyday work but from a point of self-development how, how do you see the whole shoeing competition side Mark, uh, I, th I think that um, shoe competitions are a are a, a, a great tool, um, certainly for learning techniques. And like you like you absolutely rightly say, they put you in a position that you're not used to, you're not familiar with, and you've got people looking at you. Anybody can come and come and look at you working. Um, the judge quite often will stand and watch you, you know, for a, for a few minutes or at least a few seconds. Um, so yeah, for, for putting people in a situation uh, like the exam, or if, they, if you're training for an exam like you will be on the day, um, that's great, absolutely brilliant. And as an examiner now, talking uh, from, from an examining 
perspective. Um, I'm pretty sure that I can tell by looking at someone working on the day on the anvil um, whether or not they've been to a or a few sort of chewing competitions uh, throughout their apprenticeship. Um, their rhythm normally is better. The process, the making of the shoe, the way they make it, the way that they um, they, they um, bring out the shoe um, and they know exactly what they're doing, but they don't go back on themselves and they just look, tend to look a lot more sort of comfortable and at ease with the whole situation. And I think um, that that has to be partly... A, or a large part of that has to be down to the fact that, you know, um, that these people have, have um, done um, in the past done shoeing competitions and been in that situation. They're a good motivator um, and they're a good sort of um, tool for practicing different types of um, shoemaking techniques. And again, you know, simply by attending a shoeing competition, um, you're, you're you're, you're learning you're picking things up even if it's looking at someone else making a shoe or someone else pulling a clip or or forming a heel or it doesn't matter really um i think you always always um pick up something from a shoeing competition and the, the, the last thing i'll say about shoeing competitions i don't think i've ever come away from a shoeing competition um over a weekend for example and monday morning i've just wanted to go in the forge and make some shoes or do, you know, I thought you were going to say Monday morning. You was, I thought you were say Monday morning. You got a banging hair over, but <laughs> oh yeah, there is that as well. But, but it just, you know, or, or even Monday evening, then it, it come back from work, and I just want to get in the forge and mm. and 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 carry it on, and and not lose the momentum mm. that you've gained through training for the shoeing competition, and then seeing other people, other great, you know, there's, there's some great forgers at these competitions. Um, just seeing someone, you know, um, in action, um, and 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 it just sort of gives you the motivation uh, and drive to to continue and build build upon what you know the momentum that you've you've gained prior to the shoeing competition. So yeah, for me, in a nutshell, they're, they're a good thing. Um, they're not the be all and end all, you know. And the people that win shoeing competitions aren't always the best farriers, in my opinion. You know, um, everyday everyday farriers. I'm talking, um, but they are a, they're a good tool um, and should, in my opinion, be used in uh, in in training towards a farriery practical examination. Well, yeah. So um, just to kind of like move move on from there a little bit and talk about the more qualified side of it, although we did touch on it there. Um, I. Um, well, I do think, again, going back to our initial discussion on what is self-development and we talked about complacency and getting into bad habits and stuff, the amount of time, especially, you know, with, with the one-man band, Farrier, going out working on his own, I mean, he, his main guide or his main feedback of is he doing a good enough job is the fact that are the horses sound, is he getting paid? Um and I always found, certainly when I left the army and went off on my own, and I didn't have the contact with um, farriers what, looking at my work every day, <clears throat> um, I did find that when I'd go off to a shearing competition, if any bad habits had started to creep in, because, you know, a lot of what we do is so kind of hands-on and it's just so intricate it's very easy to, you know, start dropping your quarters or, or just trimming your frogs at the slightly wrong angle. And it's, it's all muscle memory and stuff like that. And, you know, those little mistakes tend to jump out. Certainly if you compete quite a bit and you start to see a consistent problem in your, when, when you're being judged, you know, it's a great, great way of being able to analyze what it is you do every day because that's inevitably going to end up in your competition job if you're, if you're not careful. So, I mean, I mean, that's one, one of the ways I've always found I benefited for competition. And the other thing, you know, was not many people, especially nowadays. I mean, from when I started competing 20, 25 years ago, the standard of what's being produced now has gone through the roof. And the only way to keep up with that 
is by practicing a lot before you go. And I think that journey at home before you go to that competition, that's where a lot of the learning actually takes place. You know, I think that, that yeah. going, the going to the competition and, you know, having a social and a bit of a catch up, you know, you know, there's stuff to be learned there by watching other people, but the real self-development I think takes place in that forge in the weeks leading up to going to that competition without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah. You know, it's, um, yeah. Well, I think, um, I think the key thing with, um, well, it doesn't matter what you're training for is, is just to, to make sure that, well, is knowing yourself. Um, we we're talking about hooking up with other people earlier on, uh, which is a great tool. Um, so that when you're training something, either, either a competition or an examination, uh, it doesn't matter. Um, but it's, it's so important to know yourself when you're training for something. You know, so if you're um, if you get back from work and you're you're fed up and you're tired, you've not had a particularly good day, but you'd plan to to get in the forge and, and make some shoes because you've got to practice for a competition or or an exam, then it's probably pretty pointless. You're just going to turn out a load of rubbish, and it's not going to be it's going to be a waste of time. You're going to go in all wound up about what you've just done, and you know. So in that on that occasion, I I it takes a little while to do it, but. Um, if you know yourself and you know what's going to happen, then you're probably just better off just just stopping it right now and saying, "Okay, I tell you what, I'm just going to I'm just going to sack it this evening. I'm going to go in, have my tea, and just relax." You know, um, and it get, and the same is for um, for revision as well. You know, if you're if you're tired, or if you know if you're going to set an hour aside for revision, for example, um, then there's probably no point sitting down reading a book for i mean they get all this at college i i appreciate that and, it, and it's fantastic stuff um, but for those people that, that don't there's no point you need to know how you best take information in so for example i know myself that if i sat down for, for 20 minutes anything after 20 minutes then it's probably a waste of time i can still read it but it it probably won't won't go in uh, and, it, and it definitely won't stay in so I then take a break for five or 10 minutes, go and do something else and then come back another 15, 20. That's all I can take. But I know, I know that because mm. I've done it yeah. and I've learned about myself and I know myself. I'm pretty confident. I know myself well enough to train at my optimum effectively for an exam or for a competition. But I think it's really important that, that we all sort of understand that you need to understand about, you know, you need to know, how you best learn. Yeah. Yeah. Um, obviously, mm. moving on from the competition thing, obviously, <clears throat> and it's the same in other countries, but certainly in the UK, we've there's a lot of opportunity to go and do different higher exams. Obviously, we've got the associate and the, and the fellowship of the Worshipful Company. Myersco, they've got their um, degree courses, and there is the one at the Vet College as well. Can't remember what it's called now. You know, yeah, Dean. The, the grad, the grad diploma. Yeah. yeah. Locomotives research. How, how important do you think higher exams are for the qualified farrier who's been qualified a couple of years? How important do you think they are? Uh, certainly, in the in the with self development in mind. Mm. Well, I, I think you know it's. Um, it's one vehicle, isn't it, for self-development? I mean, we've, we've talked about how competitions can be a vehicle towards um, providing that kind of motivation, those goals um, to aim for, to support self-development, and going on to do um, equally, you know, going on to do high-level exams or qualifications is, a, is a, another vehicle that you can use to um, push yourself forward and, and keep developing. Um, I mean, I suppose kind of picking up on a little bit on what Mark was saying as well, or kind of related to that, I think it's, as Mark kind of rightly said, it's by knowing yourself and being, I suppose, being honest with yourself, the other way in which you can kind of like um, find those challenges to support self-development is by identifying your own particular challenges or by being honest when you meet a challenge to say, actually, this is something I am struggling with. And I'm going to find a way of, of learning how to do it properly or getting that kind of um, foundation knowledge so I can do it properly. And, 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 and so being honest with yourself is a, is a key point of kind of 
accepting there is a challenge, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, I suppose we don't really want to necessarily admit that we're, we're um, having a challenge, but, um, but if we do, then there's an opportunity there to learn, isn't there? I mean, I, I mean, I don't know too much about the, um, <clears throat> the, the other higher exams, but certainly from the virtual company uh, exam route, um, mm. I mean, I don't think there's many people out there these days who could literally just all of a sudden, you know, after shearing horses for four, maybe five, six years and just turn up on the day and have a go at the associate exam and just and pass both pass, parts of it. You know, there is a lot of preparation, certainly a lot of practice, mm. a lot of knowledge mm. to be gained. And, you know, I, I've known a lot of farriers over the years who've, who've shod horses for 10 years plus even nearly 20 years. And, you know, they all went and did that exam and went through the voyage of discovery to get competent enough to pass that exam. And I think every single person I've spoke to who've done that, they all turn around and went, you know, do you know what? I've learned so much over the last sort of 12 months. It's almost like I've been shoeing horses with the handbrake on for the last 20 years. So, mm. you know, it's just, again, a bit like with the competitions, it's what happens at home. It's that voyage to get to the exam. You know, the exam doesn't all of a sudden miraculously mean that you've got this special new superpower. Um, but it's that journey which got you to receive um, new letters after your name, which, which that's the self-development part of that. Mm. Um, um, just sort of obviously getting towards the end of this now. Um, what about, um, obviously we have, we're quite lucky in this country. A, the fact the country is quite small and you can quite easily drive from one end to the other in a day. Um, but we do have a lot of, uh, CPD, Continual Professional Development courses and clinics on over over the space of a year. Um, anyone got any thoughts on CPD clinics? Mark? Um, yeah, sure. I think um, again, they're they're a great they're a great thing. Um, some some are better than others, and but we're lucky in the respect that we get to choose or select uh, which ones we attend. You know, mm. and um, I think that's. Uh, it, 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 CPD is um, is essential. My my own personal view is that the most the most important thing is is what we're doing every single day. Um, so you know, even back to the exam thing that we were talking about just just there. Um, yeah, I think they're important from a diploma point. When I was looking looking ahead, when I was a diploma, then they were they were far far more important than than I, than than they are now to me if that makes sense. Um, what I mean by that is, um, yeah, my, my whole, a lot of my time and training was, was all focused on achieving higher exams. But now the most important thing to me is what I'm doing every single day um, on the horses that I shoe. Um, so I think my views on exams have changed um, slightly over the years, but um, but I think that the, you know the CPD events that they're they're a great thing, um, and a lot of people put a lot of time and preparation into these events, um, so they should be they should be attended. Um, and, and I I attend CPD events probably three or four a, a year, um, and I'm happy to do so because I think you know again it's it's back to the the title of this this uh, subject was self development, and mm. you know unless you do get out there by all of the means that we've all discussed, um, then you're not going to be um, developing yourself. Um, and I think that's a shame because uh, farrier is, you know, it's not a, it's not machine made parts in a, in a factory. Uh, we're dealing with horses. We're dealing with anatomy. We're dealing with things that change mm. pathology, disease, all those sort of things, you know, and, uh, and nobody gets it right all of the time and nobody knows everything there is to know, you know? Um, so yeah, absolutely cpd yeah fantastic sort of vehicle to uh, to enhance your your self-development yeah yeah i mean <clears throat> again um like i think we both said you know cpd there's good cpd events out there sometimes mm. you'll go to a cpd event and you'll you'll just it will just reconfirm stuff you already know which yeah. i mean i i can remember going to <clears throat> a talk with um 
quite a well-known farrier. I'm going back a few years now. Um, and he came and did a talk at one of the local riding colleges. And there were predominantly mainly local farriers there. And I can remember in the break afterwards, um, all the farriers were talking. And one of the local guys turned around to me and went, um, I can't remember what he said. That. I said that's right. He said, oh, well, I didn't learn anything I already know. And I said, yeah, but you now know what you have been doing is right, you know. And I, and I think that's really, really important because, I mean, I didn't yeah. – it was just, you know, some of the things, especially uh, techniques I'd develop over the years to deal with certain confirmation problems and stuff, was this guy who was a very well-known sort of British team farrier saying, oh, you know, this is how I've been shooting all the Olympic horses. And you're like, yes, that's how I've been doing it. <laughs> Brilliant. You know, so – just yeah. confirmation yeah. that we're going in the right direction. I mean, that that's, gives you the confidence yeah. <laughs> to develop that even further. And I think that's really important. I mean, I know in the UK, <clears throat> we have a lot of CPD events which are led by sort of manufacturers and product. Now, but again, you know, learning how to use a new product or even learning the pitfalls of seeing a product that maybe you don't agree with, um, you know. But again, it, you, you're analysing stuff, you, you know. You, you know, see, seeing other people make mistakes, you know, that's a really important way of learning, especially with, sort of, for example, shoemaking. I mean, when we make mistakes and we're actually doing it, we can't see, we're, we're so wrapped up in the sort of thing of, sweating and making a horseshoe but you can't actually see the mistakes happen but actually watching other people make mistakes you can go ah i do that you know so again watching other people and obviously watching things which aren't necessarily right but being able to reflect on that is a massive important part of self-development i believe um so just just to finish on lastly and then you can all go and have your dinners um Social media. I mean, Mark, you mentioned YouTube earlier. Um, again, yeah, yeah. I mean, there have been yeah. there have been people um, sort of doing educational stuff on YouTube for quite some time. And I know Craig Drinker um, over yeah. in America has been doing some absolutely brilliant shoemaking videos of different competition shoes and everyday shoes for quite some time now. Uh, but there has been. <clears throat> over the last few years, not just on the sort of practical aspects, some, some on the theory uh, as well. Um, try, you know, using mm. social media to um, obviously push, push their, their knowledge. I mean, anyone got anything they want to talk about um, in particular? Yeah, I think, um, sorry, Dean. I think, no, um, sorry. Yeah, it's it's an amazing thing, isn't it? You know, it's something that was never accessible to uh, certainly not to, to me when I started. Mm. Um, it's it's all a fairly recent thing, and it just gets it does get better and better because there's more and more stuff on there, you know. And I've used it. I'll hold my hands up now. I've used it um, to. Uh, I think I was welding concave bar shoes. Do you know what? Just I had to make a pair, and I've not made a pair for a while, and I just could not. I just I was missing something. Couldn't couldn't even remember what it was. But I, um, I, I Googled it or YouTubed it, whatever it is. And uh, sure enough, I won't say he was making them, but just a couple of little things. And I thought, you know what? And it all came back to me. Instead of me, now the only alternative to that for me at that time was to go back in the forge and bend another bit of, you know, another two lengths of steel. Trying to remember slowly um, what I was doing wrong, you know. Mm. And I didn't. I went back in. I, I had one of those nights that I was talking about earlier on. I thought, you know what, I'm getting nowhere here. I'm going inside and I'm going to talk to the wife and watch YouTube. So I went back in and I sat down at the kitchen table and I YouTubed welding concave bar shoe or whatever it was. And sure enough, as soon as it came back, I thought, you know what, that's what I wasn't doing. Now I remember, you know. And yeah, it's just, it, it, it's, it's, an, it's a great tool. It's a great tool. Uh, and, I'm, and I know that we all use it. I'm sure we do. Um, but yeah. Absolutely um, essential if you want to save time and not go in the forge practicing your mistakes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we're using it a lot at Hereford. Uh, we're using kind of like social media platforms. We're kind of, um, I suppose, uh, um, 
kind of replicating as well, kind of like social media um, platforms or kind of routes to educate people through. So we're kind of producing a lot of videos, a lot of audio books, a lot of online material. And it's the kind of way that kind of the young apprentices, you know, they are learning. Um, and not just, obviously, as Mark just said there, not just the young apprentices, yeah. but, you know, ourselves as well. Oh, so, as well. <laughs> so, um, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, in the current situation we're in, um, obviously, it's not always just bad stuff what comes out of a crisis. I mean, again, one of the reasons we're doing this, uh, obviously, mm. the lockdown farrier learning podcast is, um, yeah, because a lot of, well, I mean, us, most farriers are still, certainly in this country, still going out. I know in some countries they are confined to barracks, so to speak. But, um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in the last two, three weeks have started coming on 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 Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. I mean, must add, there's been some really good stuff with Grant Moon, Stephen Bean. And I dare say, as the weeks go on, there'll be a lot more stuff. I know Jay Tovey's been producing a lot of really good, strong videos. You know, there's loads and loads of good stuff out there. And there has always been some very good stuff. I know uh, Mark Corwell posts a lot of um, case books and um, some very good, sort of like, informative diagrams and stuff. Uh, Yogi Sharp, the equine documentarist, he, he's been doing a lot of stuff as well. Uh, which you know it's all it's all knowledge which is there at a touch of a button i mean the only warning i would say to anyone with and people have been saying this about social media since the inception of it is there is no filtering you know anybody and it's, it's like we've all been there with clients when they've got a horse with laminitis and they said well i googled laminitis and i read read this thing that someone had written about laminitis, you think, yeah, but who are they? How, how do you know the credentials? You know, it, it could have been some, I don't know. Yeah. In fact, I was going to say something about barefoot trimming, but let, let's not get into that. Um, but, you know, there is, you know, there's not necessarily any credentials to say whether that information is good or bad. So you've, you've got to be a bit mindful sometimes when you are reading yeah. stuff on social media, yeah. but, you know, Certainly, if you look at my YouTube channel, I mean, no, no, no one's controlling that. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. So, um, has anyone got any, anything else they'd like to finish on, or I think we've no, pretty much covered it all, really. Yeah, no, just just about what you're saying there. The, the good thing is, though, is that you decide what you you know you can take it or leave it, can't you? You know, if you if you if you get on inadvertently get on something that's just a complete load of rubbish then you know you just leave it alone you don't you don't not not forced to <laughs> not forced to, uh, to to take that yeah it's not yeah. like clock, it's not like clockwork orange where they pin your eyeballs back so you have to watch it <laughs> <laughs> so oh dear yeah. well anyway um well we'll just wrap that up there thank you very much mark and dean for joining us yeah, on this thank you. evening thanks very um, much Tommy. So, 